Matthew chapter 13. Uh, so just right off the bat, I just want to say Wendy is so fortunate to have me as her husband because I'm such a good listener, right? Do you guys believe that, right? Uh, no, I, I think I have a tendency to not be the greatest of listeners, though I'm working on it. But uh, sometimes there's a lot of things to blame for my bad listening skills. Some of it is just the ADHD that you guys have all grown accustomed to witnessing on a Sunday morning with me. Uh, but just trying to think about all, you know, being a good listener in the moment and then having something happen and distract me. And, and so oftentimes Wendy will have to repeat things back to me. Does that ever happen to anyone that they need to be repeated? Uh, anyone ever have to have anything repeated ever? Uh, Aiden's raising his hand. There's a couple of confessors here and a couple of women are pointing at their husbands that they need, uh, need encouragement uh, in that realm. Uh, this morning, I want to encourage us all to be good listeners, good listeners. And while uh, I, as, as ridiculous as it is for me to say that Wendy's blessed to have me as her husband because I'm a good listener, I'm not sure if I would say this uh, is any more true in saying that God is blessed to have me because I'm such a good listener, right? I think just as ridiculous as that is, there's often this, uh, this perception in my own heart and understanding of things of just looking at my life and thinking, do I listen to God well? Am I a good listener to God? This morning's passage is about us being a collectively good listeners to our, our Savior, good listeners to God and what He is saying to us and what His message is. And this series has been outlining Jesus' message about the kingdom. We've been focusing in on it and just drawing out of passages and just trying to pay attention to, attention to what is Jesus revealing about his kingdom? We looked at it from the very early stages that Jesus is the Messiah, the king that is to come in Matthew 1 and 2 as we looked at that. And we see that Jesus is also, uh, in Matthew chapter 3, the one who is greater than sin, greater than temptation, that he truly is uh, the son of God. And, and we look at his baptism, and we look at his very early beginnings of his ministry, and we see Jesus preaching and proclaiming that the kingdom of God has come in Matthew 4, 17. Then in Matthew 5 through 7, we paid a little attention to the Sermon on the Mount, and we focused in on it, and Jesus calls us to seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. At the end of his sermon, they all said, wow, Jesus, that was incredible. You speak with authority. Then we looked at Jesus' authority. We looked at Jesus' authority in 8, 9, and 10, and his ministry, and he appointed that then authority to his disciples, and he was driving out demons, healing the sick, and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. So all throughout all of this, we've been paying attention to King Jesus, his kingdom breaking into the world, and the hope that we have in his authority as king of heaven and earth to set the world right and trust in him. The question and the challenge became then last week we looked at this sort of divisive passage about are you with Jesus or are you against him? Will you listen to him and follow him or will you stand opposed? And I invited all of us to be a people who listen to and respond to Jesus' message that he is king and we live and walk with him. Let's pray and We'll continue our series. God, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for this very clear message that Jesus is king and we can trust in him. 
Lord, it's hard for us today with uh, all of the things going on in our life to be good listeners. It's hard even in this moment that we've dedicated and set aside to just that. But help us, Lord, uh, to sort through the weeds and perhaps even the hard rock of our hearts, the worries and concerns that choke out us hearing from you today. And we pray, God, that your kingdom message would find furrowed hearts today to bear fruit for your kingdom and your glory. We love you and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Jesus uh, would teach in parables, and the parable of the sower is uh, probably one of the top, probably in the top three most famous, right? We got the par- parable of the Good Samaritan, it's probably number one, or maybe number two to parable of the prodigal son, but the parable of the sower is one that we are familiar with. I think it's because Jesus ex- explains it, and it's like, thank you, Jesus, for explaining things. I like it when he just lays it out there for us. Uh, so let's read this familiar parable. It's in Matthew 13, and, and I want to kind of take a little different angle on it uh, than I have taken before. And so let's just read and get into it. That same day, Jesus went out of the house, and he sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and he sat in it. While all these people stood on the shore, then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. So Jesus uh, teaches in parables, and they wonder, and it's like, why do you keep speaking in parables? And he replied to them, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you. Not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. And this, in them, is the fulfillment of the prophecy of Isaiah. You'll be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their ears and hear with their see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. What is it that the Lord wants us to see and hear? The question might also be phrased in this way: Is the word of God bearing fruit? in my life how does a seed best take root you know i was uh i was hanging out at dan and emily stickers last fall and uh they're in their driveway there was a little crack in their driveway and, and it was in the fall and they had a decoration out uh, a corn stalk from one of the fields and one of the kernels of corn had gotten into the crack and if you remember our fall it was a warm 
wet fall. It was perfect conditions. And one of those seeds of corn, kernels of corn, had gotten into the crack in the ground and it started growing a little corn stalk in the crack. I tell you that story because I want to bring it up later. But what, how do we bear fruit? And uh, how, how do we get and grow a crop? This is what the parable is all about. It's about sowing seeds well, right? And the seeds land on uh, different sort of soils, one that hardly has any soil and rocky, and then there's other areas that are filled with thorns. And Jesus goes on and he allegorizes this for us. He teaches us what the imagery is and what it represents. And he says of the seed that falls near the thorns, well, the thorns choke out the seed. And it, he says, well, that's the worries and anxieties of life. Uh, we know that it's hard to be a good listener when, when we have a whole lot of things going on, don't we? That one of those distractions of being good listeners is perhaps those areas where we, uh, we have a lot of anxiety, a lot of concerns, a lot of things on our heart. And Jesus, he understands that, and he says, you know, the seed's not going to bear much fruit when it's planted next to uh, the thorns and the things choking out. And he says then there's the rocky path, there's a rocky path where the seeds are sown and there's not enough soil for it to take root. And the, the, gets, the seeds get trampled. And he says, well, this is when the sun scorches down on it. it. It kills it off. It hasn't taken deep root. And you look at this story and Jesus allegorizes it. And he says, when the pressures come and when the evil one comes, there is all of these sort of things bearing down on our lives that it's hard for us to pr produce the fruit of knowing that Jesus is king and produce the fruit of the word of God in our life. It is hard to hear God when the things of life are pressing down on us. We all understand this very much. And we, uh, little Parker. No, you're fine. I liked it. All right. Um, when we look at the pressures of life and the things bearing down on it, so we have the worries of life, we have the pressure of darkness and evil, we have all sorts of things that are thwarting our being good listeners of God. So my question is, is uh, what kind of soil are we? And that's how this sermon is typically taught, right? What kind of soil are we? Are we good listeners? Are we paying attention to God? But I, I want to ask the question, what makes a good listener to God. And here's what I've experienced. It is the furrowed ground that receives seed the best. And hear me on that. What makes the soil able to produce better, we would get folks come into the feed store, good old Kalkaska Feed and Supply sermon illustration right here, and we would get folks come in, and they wouldn't know anything about planting grass seed. And so, you know, in my bib overalls, I'd let folks know, this is how you grow good grass. And I'd go through the whole spiel, and I got a whole thing that, you know, you first you got to rake it, and you got to get the right, you got to get the right grass seed and get the right stuff for the right situation. Is it a sunny yard, or is there a little shade? Are you able to water it or not? And if you can't water it, then, well, we have the Cottage Lawn brand grass seed, and I could sell it still today, and I could tell you the square footage for how many yard, uh, how many pounds you need per yard. Um, anyways, there's a lot of things that are buried uh, in there uh, from selling over the years. But 
the thing that we would teach them was, is if it would wash out, then it wouldn't be able to grow. And so that's when you kick in, you know, it's like, you might want some straw, and we also have the straw for you. And you also want to rake it in and make sure that you get a little on top, a little on top, a little dirt on top. There was soil preparation that had to happen in order for the seed to take root. And here's what I have discovered in my life. I listen to God the very best when my heart has been furrowed and broken open. Do you hear me on that? Who makes, uh, what ground makes the best soil to receive uh, the seed is ground that has been broken and can receive it. I have not been a good listener to God in the past in my life because I haven't let him in. Jesus is talking about the hardness of the soil. He's talking about the hardness of hearts. Jesus says, what I can work with is people who are broken. Right? Don't they make the best listeners? Think about people's stories and their testimonies. Think about what God does with people who've been broken. I think about some of the greatest advocates for marriage have been people who have gone through the suffering of divorce. That they have gone through that grief and God has healed them and God has helped them and God has brought forgiveness to them and they become the advocates in church families who say you have to forgive and you have to work forward and they become the advocates for marriage and they say you don't want to go through that grief and let me help you and let me walk with you. Who becomes, uh, who becomes the greatest comforter to those who go through miscarriages and the hardship and, and just the hurt of those most painful things? But those who have gone through miscarriages or have gone through difficult pregnancies, they become the greatest advocates and greatest friends to those who are suffering and going through that grief in the midst of those moments. Who becomes the greatest testifiers of God's goodness and his grace, but oftentimes those who have tested the absolute boundaries of God's forgiveness and grace, who have gone through absolute hell and absolute turmoil and absolute suffering, and God has restored them and renewed them and given him his grace. And so their stories become the stories that bear the fruit of 160 and 30 times. It is their brokenness, it is their furrowed hearts in which God starts using and planting the seeds of the hope of his kingdom. And he looks, he looks at us who are broken and furrowed open. And God looks at us and he says, those are the folks who are ready to listen. Does that make sense? Right? And so the question is today, is my heart open? my heart open and really when I think about my life I, I spent a lot of it a lot of my time trying to protect my heart you know don't ask the girl out she might break your heart right so you just don't ask her out that was my play with Wendy for a while eventually I wore her down right but you we protect ourselves the last thing that we would want is suffering the last thing that we would want is difficulty in our life and so hearing reading my own sermon that i wrote i was thinking about this and like what am i actually asking in this situation am i asking god to start digging a trench in my heart am i asking god to bring difficulty and suffering into my life 
And I don't think that I want to start inviting that, if I'm honest. And so I've flipped it in my head a little bit, and I think what I'm asking right now is, God, would you take the trouble that is already there? Would you take the grief that's already there? Would you take the sadness that's already there? Would you take the things that are happening in me and around me and in my family and in my community and in the world, would you take those things? And would you start working on my heart and planting the seeds of the hope of your kingdom in me? Would you take what's already there in the grief and the sorrow in my life and start using it for your glory and honor? It's when we are no longer open. It's when we have closed ourselves off to God that there is this listening and hearing problem. And I have spent too many days being hearing disabled with God. Because I have shunned and, and I have presented an, un, an unwilling heart to listen to God and his word. Out of fear, out of anxiety, out of concerns, out of concerns of this world, out of concerns of what he might have me do. Sometimes I hold back prayers. This is a little confession moment. I hold back a prayer of God use me because I'm afraid of where he'll send me. Maybe I'm the only one have that fear can't we we can have this anxiety over let's just keep life as absolutely comfortable as possible and friends that is just such a low vision for what god wants to do with us but it's seriously the most comfortable isn't it and so when I start preaching and start looking at this and I read what I wrote and I think Jordan do you actually want to preach this message and it's easy for you guys to do, and I, I'll just tell you what to do, and I won't do it, right? That's the best way. I like it when you all work, right? I was at uh, Ozark Christian College this week, and their, their closing song, that it's the preaching and teaching convention was where I was at, and every year they sing two songs. They sing uh, uh, Nothing But the Blood of Jesus, and then they sing their closing song is Where You Lead Me, I Will Go. And every year for 75 years, that's how they end the preaching and teaching convention. And it's, it's basically an alumni thing, and so I stuck out kind of like a sore thumb. I didn't really fit, but, but the message was true. They've been sending people out to be missionaries and to be ministers and to be kingdom servants wherever they are and whatever they do. And they were singing this song as a prayer of their heart. Where you lead me, I will go. And isn't that sort of the prayer of an open heart? Isn't that the prayer of a heart that's been furrowed and opened and ready for God to do his great work that we would open ourselves to God and say, where you lead me, I will go. Will we be a church that prays that prayer? Will we be a church that responds to that prayer? Will we open ourselves to God and let him use the brokenness of our past and maybe the brokenness in this moment that God would open our hearts to him? You see, just like that driveway at the Stichter's driveway, even the hardest of ground when it is cracked open can bear fruit. And we may think God can't possibly use me and God can't possibly use my past and God can't possibly want to do anything with me, but I promise you God does. This passage is about healing. This passage is about God planting his seeds of hope and ministering to our hearts. 
What he says is, if you will just listen, if you will listen, there will be healing. He, he, says, uh, he says this fulfills what Isaiah said in, this, uh, in verse 14. You will be ever hearing but never understanding. You'll be ever seeing but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become callous. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Is that you? Have you closed your eyes, and have you closed your heart to God? Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart. And he says, and turn, and I would heal them. I think God is talking about brokenness and saying if we would just simply turn our eyes and our ears towards God, if we would turn towards him, he would heal us. And it's in that healing where we get the 30 and the, and the 60 and the 100-fold fruit. The question is, will we turn to him? Will we open ourselves to God? Will we open our ears? Will we open our eyes? Will we open our hearts to God? Because it is those who have been broken who bear the greatest fruit. We look at ministry and we look at what God does with it. And I want to jump into uh, the rest of the chapter and we will highlight it quickly. But I want us to see that Jesus is trying to help us understand the invitation of a life that we have in the kingdom. And these are some of the assurances. And I'm not going to read all of the parables. I'd encourage you to go back and read them. But we have the parable of the weeds. That's where the, that's where the sower goes out and sows the seed. And then there is one who comes at the night and sows the weeds of darkness, weeds, uh, weeds of um, the kingdom of darkness. And there's the competing weeds. And God says, leave them be. Forgive them. Forgive as your ministry and, and bless and care for. What I think is getting at is that the kingdom of God still stands. It can be indistinguishable at times. It's like, is this a is this a wheat or is this a weed? It can be indistinguishable indistinguishable, but it is also unstoppable. We can trust in the kingdom. The parable of the yeast, it's where the a little bit of yeast goes into a whole big batch of dough, but you but it keeps growing and it finds its way all the way through. That the kingdom of, of God is this way, that the kingdom of God started small, but it is working its way through and through. And while you still may not be able to distinguish it in its presence, it is there, it is working, it is growing, there is hope in the kingdom of God. In the parable of the treasure in the field, that's the guy who, who finds the treasure, he sells everything he has, and he buys the field. The kingdom of God is worth giving up everything for, going all in. It's worth opening ourselves up completely to receive and to have as our own. He says the kingdom of God is also like a mustard seed, the smallest of seeds, and it's planted and it grows into a mighty tree, and the birds then find themselves into the tree. The kingdom is small, but it is mighty, and it's growing, and it's strong, and there's life in it. All of this is that we might see with our eyes and hear with our ears this message. Jesus is king and his kingdom is here. You may not think that the Lord would use your brokenness, but even the smallest of opening and the hardest of hearts is usable soil in the kingdom of God. 
And so we pray today, God, would you crack open my hardened heart that your seeds of your kingdom would be planted in it that it might grow and flourish into a ministry in my community that I could tell my story little Parker Grace is here today and nothing's brought more tears of joy to me than that sweet child in the class here God works in the midst of our difficulties and he brings hope and he brings salvation he brings comfort and I think about what's happening in the world today and I think about what's just happening in our own hearts and our own community and I have to ask the question am I listening to God have I opened my heart to him am I soil that God can use and friends, the challenge and the encouragement today is to say, will I listen to God? Will I open my eyes and open my heart? Will I open my ears so I can listen to Him? And He will speak to your grief. He will speak to you and comfort you in your sadness. God will come to you and give you good news. God is king. He's in control. You can trust in him. Think of what God will do with a hundred hearts open to him. Think of what fruit will come from people who trust in him and walk with him every day. Will we be a church that listens to God? Let's pray. God, we open our hearts to you now. And we pray, Lord, that you would minister to us and you would heal our hearts and that you would plant your seeds of hope and mercy and love and forgiveness and the good news and all that there is in Christ and his goodness and grace today, that it would be in us firmly through your spirit to know today that you are King of kings and Lord of lords. And let that comfort heal our brokenness, forgive us of our sins, and know today that we have hope in you. Lord, you are King and you are our Savior, and we want to bear witness to this in our lives. And Lord, we know that you can use us. And Lord, so often the difficulties in life can become the things that callous us toward you. And I'd ask God today that the difficulties in our life would be at work in our lives to open our hearts to you. Open us to you. We want to hear from you. We want to see you. We want to know today that you are with us. So comfort us, Lord, and use our grief, use our sadness, use this moment today to turn our hearts towards you find healing today. Thank you for working in the midst of our church family. Thank you for caring for us and giving us children and blessing us with life and hope. Thank you for your grace in each and every moment. May we draw near to you today, Lord. Help us to see you in this moment. In Jesus' name.